closing in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, where those songs come from, and uh, even the hymn is saying, Now, I messed up last Sunday. I chose the hymn, and I looked in the hymn book, and I was working on a sermon, and I saw the questions that God asked in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, until I seen it. Yeah, I love that song. Let's sing it. I thought I was speaking out here in my name, which is the one we sang today. So when we started singing it last Sunday, I had no clue who in the world picked that song. Me. In the choir, singing the Lord here, my, here I am. Our, our scripture, one that God used. I called the preacher, and also we were singing it after this morning. Chapter, many of us who had been up in the middle of the night, and here I am. I love that song, but it is titled, Here I Am Beautiful. Wonderful privilege yesterday with my granddaughter, which many of you who have grandchildren know, they can give you some wonderful privilege. We were riding in the snow, got in my truck, so now we're just going to find some more snow. Let's get to the mountain. We'll knock over the mountain. All of you live up there. We drove up on the mountain and ended up in the house. He, he, he said, I, I don't want to fail the test. 
Paul is using his own life as an example of someone whose lifestyle is marked by self-constraint and self-control. Paul has willingly put aside his rights. I willingly choose to put aside my rights for the sake of God. I put aside my rights for the sake of Jesus. Watch out. Does not the Holy Spirit know oh, want that Paul party for you? Then another scripture comes to us from John the third chapter. His words to John the Baptist. Remember the prophet who came before Jesus. You heard about it in the Christmas story a few weeks back. Elizabeth gave birth to the prophet that would announce the coming of the coming one, John the Baptist. This is what he said in John 3, verses 30 and 31. He must increase, speaking of Jesus, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all, but he who is of the earth is earthly, and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. He must increase, but I need to decrease. It's hard to say that. Living out of faith. Back in December, one of the sermons I mentioned to you that I've been praying, Mark Hunter and I have gotten together and prayed, and I'm seeking God and where we need to go spiritually in 2016. A lot of preachers, we think about those things. And, and the word discipline came to my mind. That happens to me sometimes, and I hope it happens to you sometimes. God gives you a word. Something, maybe a scripture, maybe just a word like this. To think about uh, having your life before you. Well, I, I shared that with you, and I also shared with you that I feel like that's what God wants to do is speak to in our church. So I'm going to keep speaking to that. We'll deal with this every Sunday, but over the next few months, I'm sure I'm going to be focused on discipline. And I shared that with you on January the 3rd, the first Sunday that I felt led to, to preach on discipline. The Holy Spirit confirmed it on several occasions. One such occasion was the confirmation of a statement that I'd never heard before that John Wesley made. I think it'll be a whole stream. Statement is John Wesley, the soul and the body make a man. The soul and the body make a man. And the spirit and discipline make a Christian. The soul and the body make up with humans, but the spirit and discipline make a Christian. Also, he got the book, I ordered it at first year, Andrew Tom. The book is called The Means of Grace. I have not read the whole book, but I just glanced over the introduction, and this is what the introduction says. Again, confirmation to me that I needed to do with this one in my life, and I won't pass it on to you. In the introduction of this book, he said there are three things that are absolutely essential for real discipleship. Three things that are absolutely essential for real discipleship. They are community, discipline, transformation. These three components are the means of grace, but also absolutely essential. Community, discipline, and transformation. Community, without community around you, teach, support you, and hold you accountable. Hold you accountable. You'll never grow and be a mature Christian. Discipline, we need discipline in order to become real disciples of Jesus Christ. Not faith, real. You've got to be some discipline in there if you're going to be a real disciple of Jesus. The other is transformation. The last thing that we must have in true discipleship is the experience of transformation. 
tricky part is, you can't make that happen. We don't transform ourselves. But when we get in community and the fellowship of believers and we commit ourselves to the means of grace and we discipline ourselves, then we experience transformation by the grace of God. God does that. Transforms us. God can only do that. Deacon and I say this in the prayer. We can preach a sermon of God. The message of Spirit of God takes His word and puts it out inside your heart. There will be a transformation. God has to Community, discipline, transformation. You can ask a good question. You just pause there a minute. Don't answer out loud, but I want you to rest with it. Is discipline necessary in your journey of faith? Is discipline necessary in your journey of faith? You have to answer that for yourself. You have to decide if it's important to you. Proverbs that I read earlier, Proverbs 15 32. Pretty important. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves. The one who needs correction gains understanding. I wonder if Coach Saban, what's his first name? Oh, Nick. Oh, okay. okay yeah. And then Coach Malmont, what's his first name? Okay. Good. Somebody said that in the year. Thursday worship. Y'all know Fred Sinkins, he played at the University of Alabama. When I asked that, he did. You know, he was playing with his first name. I said, what about Coach Malcolm? Who did? Coach Stacy, Coach Malcolm, and what about Coach J.S. Jackson State University? Don't get it. John Ross, and I've learned not to say Ross. It's Ross. So, I mean, it looked like Ross to me. I go my way. John Ross, J.S.U. I just wonder, Coach Stacy. Coach Malcolm, Coach Ross, if they ever mention the word discipline to their life, you know that. We know that athletes never achieve excellence without some form of discipline as it relates to practice, as it relates to dedication. But that's true for musicians. They have to have discipline. Academics. Our students, we need to pray for them that they'll have discipline in academics and that their parents will have patience. But academics, patience in the workplace, all of, all of this require some form of discipline. I promise you, your employer wants you to be disciplined just to show up to work every day, on time. But that takes discipline. But it's also true that, it, that, that, that we will never become the kind of disciples that God wants us to be without some form of discipline. It's disguised. Our lady leadership last week put forth a trust challenge. This year, it relates to it's not even new. It's just good, solid stuff. Most denominations have some form of vow or commitment to make. And this church chose to buy them. This has been going on a long time. But it will still be going on because they're solid and biblical. Will you uphold the church? Will you uphold your church with prayers, presence, gifts, service, and your witness? In order for any of us to accomplish and fulfill our faith and God's call, God's call in our life, it'll most certainly require some kind of discipline. This is not going to happen without Paul said, I discipline my body, I discipline my mind, and I bring it under subjection. Are there 
afraid of the people increase. And I'll decrease. I want to challenge you this week. Perhaps lay down a few mornings as you wake up. Jesus, today in my life, I want you to increase. I want me to decrease. That's not easy to say. That's just what the demons say. Just try to read me. But I challenge you to do it this week. He must increase, and I must decrease. And then I want to quote somebody that we know in J.H. Payne. Jay said something, Jay, if you don't know, remember our church, he plays in the praise band, plays guitar, and sings lead often on the song. They were practicing several weeks ago. Sunday morning, they're up there, a lot of times, Dee and I worship here at that time, where they're practicing their song, and I was sitting there, and Jay hollered back, like many of the musicians do, inside, back on the soundboard, and he said, you're speaking about the monitors, as they're practicing. Hey, God, I need less of me. Amen. Sound, y'all. God has spirit God speaks to you. I have always my heart mind. And I follow that scripture, John Baptist. He must increase. But I must decrease what Jay said. I went down with all while they were practicing. And I got under condition. I thought about that statement that Jay said. I need less. Matthew Henry, the old commentator, I pulled it out the one on Paul, the scripture. I love what he said. Matthew Henry said, Paul took so much pain in subduing and keeping under temptation and self-gratification, lest by any means he himself, who had preached to others, should miss the crown. Then listen to this say, I'm going to underline it in my notes. You underline it in your thoughts. Paul said, Paul had a holy fear of himself. Do you have a holy, healthy fear of yourself? No, he said, Matthew, holy fear of ourselves and not presumptuous confidence is the best security against apostasy from God and final rejection by Lady Moss. Some of you know that name of her family here. That's Rebecca. I married Lady Moss Becky. Gave me this book right before Christmas. She found it. I'll turn it right side up. It is a book by one of your former preachers, Dixon N. Franklin. It's personally signed by him April the 3rd, 1958. That was before I discovered Mary, about one year before. Some of you remember Dr. Franklin. Don't jump up and say you do, he'll tell you age. Title of it is Faith for Those Troubled Times, 1950s. I wonder if Dr. Franklin appeared today, about 60 years later, would be going, oh my goodness, y'all got some troubled times. A lot of what he said, I had been on the book, but I mentioned to quote you his opening statement in the book. Chapter title is What Are You Living For? Dr. Vincent Franklin. What are you living for? And he opens up with this story told by Dr. Gaston Foote. Dr. Gaston Foote tells about an old man in Arkansas, in the Ozark Mountains. Arkansas, Ozark Mountains, who lived to be 100 years old. The newspapers heard about it. They sent a reporter, a photographer, to interview him, take a picture. Well, the reporter questioned him about his long life, his longevity. The old man attributed his long life to the fact that he had never tasted coffee. Lord help he had never smoked, 
He had never played God. I never argued with his wife. And then all these days, he faithfully retired religiously, went to bed at 7 o'clock. Dr. Foote's comment was why he wanted to live to be a hundred under those circumstances. <laughs> As I thought about this, I thought about discipline. Does discipline make you live longer? It could, but not necessarily make you live longer. But discipline can make you live better. Discipline can make you live better. That's what God's Word says. I quote Dr. Franklin again in his book, Faith for Those Troubled Times, and you'll probably hear him a lot of me. He said it is essential to have a self fit to live with. It's essential to have a self fit to live with. You can run away from everybody but yourself. You can fool everybody but yourself. It takes discipline to deny yourself. You and I make a choice to be distant. I can't make that for you. You have to decide. You have to make a choice. I want to be disciplined in my life. Now, you're going to need some help. I'm not going to preach on these two that long. I'm just going to quickly tell you. If you're going to decide that I'm disciplined in your life, I promise you, you need just as much as I do. But you're going to need some help. Good news. God gives us His grace. He always, when we decide to be disciplined in our life, we want to be more disciples, real disciples of Jesus Christ. He's going to give you grace because you don't need it. The other thing God does for us is He gives us His Spirit. I'm still amazed by that, even though I preached it. I quote Luke 11, 13, all of us, we keep hearing this thing. Jesus said, How much more shall my heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Brothers and sisters, ask. Because you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you. You're going to need His grace to help you. You decide to live a disciplined life, I'm certainly encouraged. I also tell you this, I try to be real with y'all and honest with y'all, and I said this in the preaching that I wrote this week regarding this sermon. There are many days that I stink at being a disciple of Jesus. Oh, come laugh at me some days. And I'm your preacher. See, I'm just like you, I need grace and I need the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I miss it. So I know I need to be disciplined in my life. I need to choose discipline in my life. Paul said, I discipline myself. Fine. Bring it into subjection. And ask you again, are there some areas of your life that need to be brought under control? Not out of control, under control. No. You may be bad at something. I know that. Walk very long in this journey of faith. You're going to have some temptation. It's going to be tough. Some Satan knows what's tough with you. He don't mind beating on you in that area. What temptation do you struggle with? You need to admit to God, I know I'm struggling with this. I need that. Please come from the Spirit. You want me to set up some disciplines in my life and not fall into that trap? Or maybe you hear the word again of John the Baptist. Jesus must increase. The harvest has to decrease. It's 
hard to say that. I challenge you this week to just ask you what would happen if you began to claim that statement in your life as a disciple of Jesus that he must increase and I must decrease. Then I remind you again and quote J.J.'s passage quote, I need less.